Good evening and welcome to the Success in the City. My name is Helen Webster. I'm with the lovely Sandra Scott and our fabulous guest today is my old crony, Mike Parker. <laughs> that's not a very nice way to introduce our guest. I know that's through me. My old uh, <laughs> colleague from a long, long time ago in another life, yeah. Exactly, yes, yes, yes. Brilliant. And we'll find out loads time. more about um, Mike as we go along through the show. But first, we always shout out to the kids, any little people who've done amazing things this week. Um, so, Sandra, any little people who've done amazing things for you? Yes, I've had um, Evie Jo's been working really hard and she got loads of compliments from the teacher when she went back to school after working hard and with stuff she doesn't like doing over the break, you know, and it's a lot of our young people have been a bit anxious about going back to school with new changes and things going on again. So um, just a shout out to all of them, really, because we've all gone back to school and et cetera this last week. Brilliant, brilliant. And John Lowe's listening in. And John Lowe says he loves your hair, Sandra. Ah, oh, do you know what? He was always so lovely when I lived with him and I used to stay with him and Sean about my hair. Yes, I just left it this morning because I had to be in town for eight o'clock and I was teaching online before I went on a course. And I started teaching the client when my hair was still wet and throughout the lesson it dried and got bigger and bigger and bigger. <laughs> Thank you, John. And it's not Wednesday because normally you go to the hairdressers on a Wednesday and your hair is blown and on a Wednesday night. Yeah, every other Wednesday night. I feel bad for John because I said to him I was going to drop off my mum's gluten-free Christmas cake for him. And then I thought, well, I'll just take half the cake. It's gone now, John. I'm sorry. <laughs> you you, you <laughs> were supporting him, weren't you? No, nah, I know. God supporting him in his health regime. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Mike, any, any young people... Any young people you'd like to give a shout out to this week, Mike? Well, do you know what? I'm going to say um, a big shout out to all the second entry scouts and beavers and, um, you know, the explorers because they're still having to do their scouting outside at the moment, you know, because of all the COVID restrictions, because it's just safer with everything going on with Omicron. Um, they're having to test before they go in. Uh, to, uh, into the you know the grounds of, of, of the church where they, they go into and they're just doing amazing because you know let's, let's give a shout out to all the little kids because do you know what they're all doing these lateral flow tests aren't they doing yeah. them now who on earth would have thought that we would have all been doing this but children have just taken it on board as if it's an everyday occurrence now. So big shout out to all the little kids doing that. And, and you know, Mike, just a little point you made there. One of the mums I was speaking to the other day, I teach a little boy who's, he's only five and he has autism. And the mum had to do the the um, test with him as well for going to school. And he, he said, can I, he asked for a mask because he wanted to be like the rest of the family. I know he's, I just love this kid so much. And um, she was telling me on the phone, and I thought she can't, he doesn't understand why he's got to do it or anything. You know, it's just mm. hard. It's so hard for the kids and they just get on with it, don't they? They do. No questions asked. You know, everyone is doing it, aren't they? That, that, that's the thing. People are just getting on and doing it, which is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, it's just amazing for them, isn't it? Um, mm. So I'm going to give a shout out to the kids who, who, who are big kids. So um, we've got Jack. Beth and Emmett in our uh, in our office, and last week we um, Danny Clark was one of our previous um, guests. Yeah, 
and um, Danny Clark's been doing training for us that we've been attending. So um, the kids were on the on the training course last week with Helen, weren't they, Hal? Yeah, and, and oh, did on. I? Sorry, um, I, I was going to say I was just carried on talking, um, <laughs> and um, they just did amazing, and and you know everyone's got their challenges, and it was a new venue and it was a new place, and uh, I was a little bit weary when I first started you know because they, they, they were having a chat and someone I was thinking oh is this going to go over their heads and they just bought into it and they nailed it and uh, they got loads out of it so I'm super super proud of them um watching them grow is amazing um and um they just they just sort of take anything that you throw at them right we're going to do this and they go okay yeah let's do that um so so yeah they did a great job so well done to them even though they're big little people um yeah so uh great shout out to them um, success this week uh I'm going to start with Mike first Oh, some for me. Yeah. Oh, right. What have I done this week? Um, well, I, I actually got kept some on the job today. So in, in the, my job in the daytime that I do, which I won't talk too much about, but, you know, um, had to do a disciplinary meeting today. So, uh, yeah, Ooh. kept the job. So that's fantastic. Wow. Brilliant. Good stuff. Mm. Good stuff. That's a nice positive outcome. Mm. Um, is that Absolutely. a positive thing for you? Uh, a positive thing was... Um, I didn't know where my phone was today. And when I came home, I used the magic technology, find my iPhone on my computer. <laughs> I just Googled it. And then it and it was in the next room under my greetings card that I've been looking through this morning <laughs> about half six. So um, so it turned up. Hurrah. Because a little bit of me thought, ooh, what if it's lost? Your life's ruined forever. So um, <laughs> no, so I was quite pleased that I found it. Um, so that was quite a little, I had loads of successes, but that was the imminent one that happened today. Brilliant, brilliant. Um, and we've got a massive success this week. So our young person, Jack, is a bit of a tech whiz and he has put success in the city. Um, yeah. So this show now can be downloaded, um, audio file only, into a podcast and put on Spotify Wow. Mm. He's been our podcast for us, yeah, hasn't he? So we won't know ourselves. So people will be able to get an extra dose of us if they want to listen to <laughs> yeah, us. Yeah, they'll be able to listen to it as they're going along, won't they? You know, because quite lots of people can't listen in, can they, at the time? So they'll be able to. Um, but yes, yeah, so we're going to be on Spotify. So um, so that's pretty exciting. Um, so massive shout out to Jack for uh, sorting all out. He just went, yeah, I can do that. And then it was done. So it was amazing. <laughs> They're amazing, aren't they? Amazing. Yeah. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. Um, so Mike is with us today. We're going to find out a little bit about you by playing this or that. And then we're going to hand it over to you, Mike. Okay. So Sandra, are you going first or am I going first? You can go first, Hal, if you like. Okay. So Mike, Uh she she's having some problems today helen sometimes helen's internet does this and this is what we're going through and you've got a very Hello. professional setup on your show mike i know that but we're still <laughs> on the internet here okay it just so keeps helen, on coming on and off doesn't it i know well you go first whilst you can okay um being interviewed or interviewing somebody um so In mike Interviewing. Interviewing. What about you, Sam? Interviewing, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Although Mike was lovely the other day. You, you're a lot more careful when you're being interviewed, aren't you? You have to constantly. Absolutely. 
Whereas when you're interviewing, it's dead easy. You just ask the questions. What about you, Helen? Um, I think interviewing because you get to meet so many more people, don't you? you know, we get to meet lovely guests every week um, and people who just do are. amazing things. Every single week, we have fabulous people on from our whole city area, you know, from the region, including Wirral and that. You know, we do we do so well, don't we? Um, yeah. Okay, so mine for you is completely different, Helen, because Mike and I used to work together, of course. So, um, Boeing or Airbus? Uh, me, uh, I would definitely say Airbus. No way. Honestly, Boeing. Absolutely, 100%. I can't believe that. Okay. Helen, Boeing or Airbus? <laughs> Boeing, of course. <laughs> I'm in the European a... Union. <laughs> I have a sticker on my case. If it's not Boeing, I'm not going. Going. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Go on, Hel. Okay. Listening to a podcast or listening to the radio, Mike? Oh, it's got to be the radio, hasn't it? Okay, radio. Son? I like listening to the radio, but with a podcast, you can focus on something that you're really interested in. So, you know, I teach languages and that, and one of the things a lot of my clients listen to, the ones who do Spanish with me, they always say about coffee break Spanish, and it doesn't replace a lesson, but it helps them, and it gives them tips about language learning and things like that. And it's a Scottish guy, and he's teaching a Scottish lady Spanish, and they, they love it, and loads of my clients recommend that. And I'll listen to them, like the Sales Dojo do a brilliant one. You know, there's loads of different podcasts you can listen to, um, Claire Morton's done a brilliant one. You know, there's, there's loads of them out there. And I think you can focus more on what you want. So probably if I had to pick between the two forever, I'd pick podcast. Would you? About, yeah, what about you? Though I love me music, don't I? What about you, Hal? I think if I had to pick forever, I'd pick radio because you get like a little bit of the talk and then you get the music and, you know, and when I'm driving around. But I am, um, I used to use the car for listening to podcasts and audio books and things like that. So I am mm. going to, mix it up a little bit and I am going to start listening to some podcasts in the car when I'm driving. Yeah, and I have audio books on all the time, every single yeah, day. Yeah, I don't do audio books, but... Um, They're but yeah, great in the car. Yeah, yeah, using using the car time, isn't it? Um, mm. So, yeah. Go on, Sam. Okay. The US, the US or the Far East? I'd say the US because I've never been to the Far East, really. Um, when I was at Mon with Monica, I, I went to Hong Kong and I loved it. Um, and I went to Taipei and Singapore, but I've never been to the beaches of Thailand. And funnily enough, in one of my radio shows last week, I was interviewing a guy who was the CEO of Nok Air, which is a low-cost carrier oh, yeah. out in, in Thailand. And he was just absolutely lovely. So he sort of got me thinking about Thailand. But at the moment, I'm going to say the U.S., and the funniest statement you made there is, I've never been, this is just an airline thing to say, I've never been to the Far East. I've been to Hong Kong, Singapore, and Taipei. Yeah. yeah like you have been to the Far yeah. East. Yeah. Okay. I've been to the airport, no, the airport hotel, Sandra. Oh, right, yeah. okay. <laughs> no, we yeah. used to get a long stay. You must have had a, stay, a good stay in Hong Kong. Well, we had two weeks there. Yeah, that's but, right. But um, we, we, we were flying between Taipei, Hong Kong, and Bangkok. So I can yeah. say I've been to Bangkok Airport, but I've never yeah. 
Oh, I know a lot of airports I've been to, but like I've been to Faro and Lisbon, but I've never been to Portugal, which is meant, no. you know, it's funny, isn't it? How you can visit countries and then other places Absolutely. you don't get to see them, you know, yeah. we'll see. I think I was in Bahrain when you guys did that charter to Hong Kong. Yes. Did you stop in Bahrain? And I've met loads of people there and they were going, we're going to Hong Kong. And we all met them in the Dairy Queen. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway. What about you, Sam? Where would you go? Um, over the two, the US or the Far East, that's a very difficult one. Um, overall, Far East, because there's more choice. Wow. Yeah, there's more choice of different countries and that. If you think that you, the states are very diverse between the states, but the Far East is more diverse because you've got different um countries and I'm I'm including Malaysia, Penang and all of that in there mm. and I'd really like to go to Indonesia where I haven't been to so I love, I love India absolutely adore yeah. India I did and Sri Lanka and that mm. um what about you Helen um Far East for me it'd be yeah 100% wow. the Far East yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna seriously have to look at that aren't I yeah, healthier yeah, yeah. food for starters Mm. My uncle Ron's listening in and he says thanks for the later kickoff because he can do the washing up now. <laughs> Thank you, Uncle Ron. That's entirely my fault because I'm going drumming tomorrow. Oh, yes. yes. You are. Very um, So, my last one um, mm -hmm. beach or city break, Mike? Oh, well, I'm not a beachy, beachy person. If I went to a hotel that was on the beach, I, I would love a room looking out over the beach, but I would probably go to the beach one day, but I would have the swimming pool. So I've got to say, really, I'm probably more into a city break than a beach break. Yeah. I'm the same, 100%. Yeah. Sam? Um, it depends how long for. So if it's, if it's like a two-day, three-day thing, city, hands down, there's a lot more you can do, a lot more you can see. Uh, there's no point in going to the beach for three days. You can't come home with a good colour. Why bother? Um, if it's a week away, I'll have the beach break, thanks, because I'll get two novels read and I'll relax and get a good town. That's that's great for me. Happy with that. <laughs> so shallow. It's unbelievable. <laughs> but for the weekends, I do. I, lo I love cities. If I have a beach break, though, I do like to go somewhere where I can see stuff, a, a, a bit of culture. Say I love beach holidays. I wouldn't just like to sit there and sunbathe and and not see anything of the ta the place or have their food yeah. and their culture. Do you know what I mean? I'm not that bad. No, no. What about you, Sam? Last one. Okay, then. Last one. Hmm. Let me think. Okay. Emirates or BA? Um, now, that, that's a difficult one because I love flying with both of them. Um. And it's lovely to have a different experience on a, on a proper scheduled full service airline. Yeah. But I'm going to stick with my country and say BA. Okay. Well, I worked for BA. I've got loads of mates there, but I'm going to pick Emirates. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. But I just like I like flying with I like flying with different airlines and Etihad are lovely and you know there's loads, still loads I'd like to fly with you know even now lots of nice just the experience isn't it? it's a different experience you get because when you step on board British Airways from either Ryanair or EasyJet there is a vast 
difference, you know, to, yeah. even from Monarch to to Britannia when we go back in time. Yeah. You know, they were just so different. It was lovely just to get on board someone else's plane and just sit there. Yeah. When I worked for Monarch, I remember people going, can you hang this in the wardrobe? And I used to think, are you mental? Where do you think the wardrobe is? <laughs> and of course, when I worked for British Airways, there was there were wardrobes. And when we went on Everywhere. the 7 there were several wardrobes. So, yeah, yeah of course. And it, it's just different, isn't it? You know what I mean? Yeah, but of course, absolutely. Like your ticket price, so you pay your money, you take your I'd, I'd take the budget airline yeah. any day because it enables yeah. Fly. <laughs> but, yeah, but you know what? You would for a short flight, but a long flight, you know, you're better off with the schedule, aren't you? 100%. Hurrah. <laughs> but there we go. Okay, brilliant. Are you with us, Hal? You're a bit pixelated. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just keeps on like flashing on and off. So, um, yeah. so now we know a little bit more about this or that. Sandra, you're going to introduce our guest. You're going to tell us all, about, and then he's going to tell him all. He's going to tell us all about himself. So, over to you okay. to introduce Mike. So, I first met Mike thirty years ago, working yeah. out when we were both at Monarch Airlines. Like we were one of the many people from Liverpool who used to drive along the M62 to work. Um, and uh, we flew from Manchester, didn't we? And I think you'd been with them already in Luton, if I'm not mistaken. But you've got a very good memory. Yes, yeah. I have. Yeah, I yeah. did, Sandra. I did I, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah. you were in Luton first. And I remember you joined us at Manchester. And Mike's done a lot. He's going to talk a bit about his journey. But I remember, and this program's about people who bring a lot to the table in the community and do a lot locally. And I remember you doing fundraising to take uh, disabled children abroad. Um, when we were younger and then you went on and you went on through the airlines and you've gone on to help people and we'll speak about how and you've been running the um community you well you've been involved in Muggle radio haven't you um yeah. for several for seven years is it for a long time about seven years yeah I've coming up to seven involved. years yeah. well yeah so yeah if you'd like to tell us a bit more about your journey Mike Parker and how okay, you thank you, Sandra. I was going to call you by your maiden name then. <laughs> yeah, of course. No. 30 years ago. And Sandra Jackson. Name. Yeah, that's right. I forgot yeah, what it was. I, I um, started off fundraising many, many years ago. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go back. It's got to be the 84, 85, 86, mm. something like that. And it all started because of my nephew. Now, my, my nephew would have been about 43, 44 now. And um, my, I remember my, my sister coming home one day and uh, she said, Mark has been invited to go on a pilgrimage to Lourdes. And we thought, all oh, right, OK, you know, OK. This, this was his school teacher and his doctor was the school teacher's husband. So um, so he's, he's in school gets invited to go on, on this pilgrimage with HCPT, which at the time mm. was called the Handicapped Children's Pilgrimage Trust. Okay. But that's not politically correct now. So it's called Hosanna Pilgrimage Trust. Hosanna House Pilgrimage Trust, something like that. I can't remember the, the correct term for it. But anyway, it's, they, they still take children. And this happens every Easter. So what actually would happen is they, they would fundraise throughout the year. And then on Easter Monday... You would all meet. Um, this happened in St. Aidan's in Walton. This is where we used to go from when I very, very first went. Uh, I used to get on a coach or a, or a train. 
and go all because you went overland so um it was quite hard but if we if we jump back a year first when my nephew went um he went from lime street station we had to take them to lime street station and if you can imagine the length of the platform with this huge train with hundreds of people on the platform because everybody and the friend came for every child that was going on that train so basically all the family came and Lime Street Station was just packed and we found the carriage that he was going uh, going in. And I said to my, my sister, is that lady called Anne Black? And she said, yes. Now, I had a mobile disco and I didn't realise, but a lot of the discos that I was doing was raising money for this particular group. And this is way before I even heard about them or what they were ever doing. So this train pulls off out of Lime Street with a band playing on the on the platform all the kids screaming and shouting and some crying because they were leaving the parents and this train just went off huge noise of people singing shouting laughter happiness a bit of sadness from the parents and then all of a sudden this train disappeared and we were all left on the platform oh. wow <laughs> a week later we went back and this train came back and it was like the noise had kept going for the whole week because the same noise oh. was coming back as this train was coming in and the band was there to welcome them back. Oh. And the kids just had an amazing time. So I actually said to my sister, I'm going to see if I can go to Lourdes one year. And I said, because if I go to Lourdes for one year, my mum will talk about that for the rest of her life. <laughs> The rest yeah. of her life, she, she will say, oh, Michael went to Lewis one year with the kids, you know. And I did. I went. And it was expensive. You had to fund yourself. But um, it was the best, one of the best things I have ever done in my life. At that particular time, you got a particular child to look after. So there would just be you and him in, in the rooms. But now for health yeah. and safety there's got to be two adults with, with every child so but you know what it was unbelievable you were looking after these children it was a hard hard week and yeah. we we got the train from lime street station and we went all the way down to dover on the train and don't forget everything on that train we we were taking everything with us so there was children in wheelchairs that needed a lot of stuff so yeah. they had about three cases each some of them some were just like us would have one case, but some of them mm. needed so much stuff while they were away. They needed this. All this had to be loaded onto, onto the train. We then got down to Dover. It then all had to be taken off the train by us. There was no one to do it by us. Loaded onto baggage carts that then got taken onto the boat. We then went across on the boat, and then it all got taken off and put onto the French train. And then we went through France on the night couchette train. Yeah, that was. Oh, do you know you've you've all seen the Harry Potter films, haven't you? With the train, yeah. it, it, they were those trains where they had um, compartments with a corridor down the side. Oh, and had, that's a dream. That's yeah, a dream. It, oh, it, it was unbelievable. And there were six bunks in each in each compartment, and it was just unbelievable because you know some of the kids would wet themselves, would dirty themselves, and we would have to clean all this up. So yeah, we used to have yeah. underpants and knickers hanging out the windows, flapping through the through France, all trying to trying to dry as we were going through. And then 
you would you would have a bit of sleep and then you get to Lewis and you were just you were coming through the Pyrenees into the valley and obviously when you've been there a few times you knew what to look for and the train had just start slowing down and there'd just be this valley that you'd look down sweeping down to this beautiful river with white water and then you would just see the basilica there with the huge mm. church and then you if you knew exactly where to look you would see the grotto where um St Bernadette appeared um to um sorry where the Virgin Mary appeared to Bernadette Subaru in 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 the grotto and and then when you get there then you'd have to unload the train and go onto a coach and when you do it all this as well you're actually lifting the kids moving the kids take putting them on the coach off the coach on the bus on the train on 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 the ferry you know and and you've got to look after them as well because obviously this is taking something like 32 to 34 hours to get there so they need to be fed and watered as well so you've got all the food to take with you and then you get to the hotel and then all the bars the restaurants the bistros are waiting for us because people have been going for so many years they knew people and as you were walking down the road people were shouting your name mike mike so yeah. so that one year lasted for 25 years Oh gosh, because you didn't remember like getting the time off work that specific week to go but with Monica them. were absolutely amazing. Yeah. I I was made redundant for my first airline called Paramount and I went to work for Monica and I started in the February. So I'm not entitled to any work, any any paid time off work. And um Mark, my nephew, his doctor wrote to Monica and said I was an integral part of this group. Because I used to do physiotherapy on children with cerebral palsy. Yeah. Um, you, you, so you used to do that. So I was classed as a physiotherapist while I was there. And I was an integral part of this group. So he wrote to Monica and I was called into the office by Anne Bray and Pat Fallows. I don't know if you remember those two names. I remember the Anne, name of Anne, Bray, yeah. Anne Bray was the cabin crew manager and Pat Fallows was the guy that used to run the safety department. Oh, yeah, he's the older guy. Yeah. yeah. And they both got me in and they said, uh, we've had a letter from this doctor. You're an integral part of this. You've only just started this company. I said, I know. I said, if it's going to be an issue, there's absolutely no problem. They went, no, it's fantastic. Oh. We will give you the paid time off. Do not tell anyone. Sorry, everyone. It is uh, It is over 30 years later. Um, so they gave me the paid time off to do it. And they gave me the time off every year. And then when it comes to that time of the year, I would get my box of goodies because Monic would box up a load of glasses teas coffees yeah. creamers milk sugars bits and bobs of sweets and everything that we would take yeah. with us for the week and they were fantastic doing that they were oh, just amazing stuff. i mean yeah. we used to we used to you know do great things we used to organize a barn dance which was amazing to do we used to have yeah. it in a barn and then we it got too big so then we had to hire a marquee so we had the marquee for the weekend so we used to have a bit of a disco ourselves the night before and then we'd have this huge barn dance which would raise money and it was brilliant absolutely brilliant. Aww, yeah. but then but then i met michelle we got married we had children and then they liked it and they wanted to come so i was then paying for four so you you used to get subsidized a little bit but you know when you're paying for four people it, it's a lot so when we yeah. got to 25 years we thought you know this is enough now we need to concentrate on our family but yeah. I am absolutely wanting to go back to Lewis because there is nothing like when you've had such a stressful day walking down to the grotto 
and sitting there in front of thousands of candles all lit around the statue of the Virgin Mary, Our, our Lady, as I would say, and just looking there. And e even if you're not religious, you're atheist or whatever, I think you would still be moved there. Because it's like it's anything like that, isn't it, Mike? It doesn't matter what religion you are. If you go to something where everyone's together and there's like mm. lights, like yeah, I've been to Diwali Festival in mm. Sri Lanka, and that's just beautiful, you know. Yeah. And there's, there's all different types of festivals that different religions have globally. Yeah. And they're all wonderful experiences to be part yeah. of, aren't they? You know, whether you—I'm not religious at all, but I have been there once with the school and um, experienced that. You know, when I was yeah. a teenager, and I just thought it was amazing. Um, it is I loved it, but I, and I wasn't religious when I said, and I told them that, unfortunately, which is another story. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it was—it was a dead nice experience. But speaking about the courgettes, and this is another bizarre story, which certainly wouldn't happen now. When I was 14, I went on my own to France, as you wow. do. So my, yeah, I know, I know, it shouldn't have happened, but never mind. And I went to stay with this family, and um, I had a courgette, which again is a, a bit massive child protection issue now. But fortunately, there was an elderly Scottish lady in my compartment and some guys, and you each get, but, and I was delighted because you got a quarter bottle of wine with your dinner, and they, they bring it all in and everything, and I remember being thinking, oh, when I was 14 and I had that with my dinner and everything, honest to God, like that. And I remember this Scottish woman going, you're very wrong to go away. I was going, how do you think? Oh, well. And off I went. They must have thought, oh, my Cheers. God. <laughs> you know, now when you think, honest, yeah. our metals, that. Absolutely, it's scary, isn't it? Being on it, going on to France in the train and everything. I, I love trains. I, I think they're and lovely. Smoking. <laughs> so as well. Yes. yes. <laughs> 14, smoking on the train as you do. Yeah. You didn't smoke, did you, Sandra? Yeah, only till I was 24. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and then I didn't really, I never smoked then after that, really. And then, um, and that was it, really. And then, yeah. you know. Wow. So after you went on the train and you did all these amazing things with these young people, um, what was your next step on the journey to, to, to where you are now? How did you get involved in the radio? Well, before I even started flying, I, I used to DJ in the clubs in Liverpool um, and I had a mobile disco as well. So from the age of sort of 18, as soon as I could drive, I got myself a van. My dad lent me the money for the disco. I paid him the uh, the money back. And, you know, if I go back then, you're talking, we were buying vinyl. And I had boxes and boxes and boxes of boxes of records, LPs, 12 inches, 7 inches. And used to take them all with me because, you know, people wanted a, a song. And you had to try and memorise where these were in the boxes. So, um a good friend of mine who used to uh, come and help me was a guy called Paul Douglas, uh, who went to Monarch as well and also went to British I'm Airways. So sorry, Mike. How rude of me to laugh. Uncle Ron has just put a comment on. Please forgive me for laughing then. Vermicelli hair style is sweeping punchy. He's one time, Mike, I had my hair like this, and he commented and said it was Medusa's hair. And then he just put that on. And you see, you're a professional radio interviewer who would never laugh as your guest was talking. And I just looked down and saw his comments and burst out laughing. I'm so sorry. Mike, do go on. Paul Douglas, who I also remember very well. 
Yeah, he used to help me DJing. And uh, what you're talking about, you're talking about moving a lot of equipment around yeah. and putting it in a club, setting it all up, doing the disco, getting it all done, taking it all down and trying to get it out there, get it out the hall where people are standing in the doorway because that's where they go. They stand in the archway of the doorway when you've got two big heavy speakers trying to get yeah. through. Excuse me. Oh, sorry, sorry. Excuse me again. You know, so uh, with DJing, and I, st I started helping at Radio Broad Green. And um, I was just about to get a slot on Radio Broad Green because I was volunteering first. Um, and then I got a job with Paramount. Mm -hmm. So I went off to, to, to uh, fly with them and stopped DJing. But I did do a few nights in Bahrain when we were there. Uh, because one of my DJ colleagues from Liverpool was out in Bahrain, so I went and DJed out there with him. Well, well, you know, we were on trips with Monik. Yeah, yeah. And I can't remember the name of the club, but the night I was on with him, we tripled the takeover of the bar. Go away. Yeah, absolutely. It's a bit cool, isn't it? I DJed in yeah. Bahrain. Yeah. Oh, do you know what, Helen? It was, it was brilliant. And it had brilliant. all white walls. Yeah. I can't remember what it was called. Bahrain, yeah. And yeah. Yeah. And then, so I've always been interested in radio and, you know, it was very, very hard to get into. And then about seven years ago in our local newspaper, The Champion, um, it just said that McGull was starting it, it, its own radio station. So after doing a bit of investigating, um, I found out that it was based in the town hall in McGull. So tried to get in there a couple of times and couldn't even get near the radio station for security. And I don't know what happened. I went this particular time and um, I didn't even plan on going. I was just driving past and I thought, you know what, I'm just going to go in and, and see. And they were all in there and I went in and I had a chat with them. And they went, yeah, come down one day next week and you can have a go. And they sort of, because they were all volunteers. So I goes into the studio and starts doing what I'm doing. And they're all like, he's like professional. Yeah. And I wasn't professional, but... I, I, I was a DJ in, in the clubs and pubs and, and stuff, but I wasn't professional in, in a studio, but I just had a bit of the patter and trained a few people there because, you know, there was a few people there with, with some difficulties because uh, we had some DJs there that just played music and couldn't speak. When I say couldn't speak, they could speak. You could have a conversation with them, but they were too scared to talk on microphone. So, so I just said, look, you know, people like this, you need to take it in small steps. So if, if you can't say anything, just build yourself up, take a deep breath and say, good morning, everyone. It's Mike here. And then just wise your music back up yeah, and just get yourself calm again. Or and or like and that, then yeah. just build it up. Do you know what this guy I told this to does a one hour talk show now? Uh, yeah, how brilliant just, is that? Can't, can't shut him up. Honestly, you cannot shut him up. And it, it's brilliant. And he used to go around DJing with his dad, and his dad was saying, you know, uh, I've got to take him out because he's just shy and he won't talk and he won't talk in front. He's doing really well, you know. So it, it's really good, you know. And it's just great to get people in. We get we get the youngsters in, give, you know, say, come on, come and have a go with this. Mm -hmm. And it's community radio. It's for people in the community. It's just It's just brilliant. And, and I know how can friends. people listen to that, Mike? Sorry, how, how can people listen to Muggle Radio? Well, it's only available online. Um, okay. Because, it, because it's a voluntary radio station, it's an internet radio station, if you wanted to go FM, there's a lot more involved with licenses and it costs a lot more. 
and we need a huge mast put on top of the um the Magol town hall which should cost about five thousand pound so we can do the same thing but just on the internet and all people have to do is just type in in the search bar magolradio.co.uk and it and it will come up and they can just click on click on the website and then it will just uh come up with a button which says listen live and you just click on that and they can listen to me at eight o'clock every sunday morning and you know it magolradio.co.uk sorry son yeah it's www.magolradio.co.uk and, and yeah and i'm on eight o'clock sunday morning and it's a bit of religion in it as well helen because because um we we do about well i'd go on for 40 minutes and then we do 40 minutes of religion and then 40 minutes again of just normal music and it's not heavy religion and we're not saying you should be doing this you should be doing that just playing religious music and then we have people that join us at nine o'clock in the morning to give a bit of a thought for the day might do a reading for this week so we have all denominations um involved i'm going to say all denominations all the denominations i can get to come on because obviously this people have to donate the time to do this so some people can't so we've got my very good friend rod who is an anglican priest and he lives out in spain now he used to be he was he was one of the, the vicars that were with the group when i first started so he he lives out in spain so he sends his recording over in the week when he's on we have uh, nathan and poppy they are in St Giles Church in Aintree, and um, she runs a Good Shepherd Church in Croxteth. So the two of them do one uh, every other week. Then we've got Lee from the Hope Community Church in Aintree, um, and that's a Baptist church. We've got Anthony, who's from the Church of Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints in Waterloo, which is a Mormon church. And if anybody wants to come on, they can Come on and do it. I'm in talks at the moment with a lady who's going to come on and talk about Buddhism. So every couple of months, she'll be on to do some Buddhist stuff. So, you know, cool. just bring your bells and we'll all sit there and just meditate and just enjoy it. Yeah. Do you know what? That's, re that's really weird because he, he has. And it, it's really weird that the... The system we used to use, the, the program we used for the radio station was called SAM, SAM Broadcaster. And it's now gone to a thing called Playout One. And Daniel was doing internet, uh, sorry, was doing software engineering in Liverpool University. And part of his degree was a year in industry. So he got a job with British Telecom down in Ipswich. So went down there for a year in industry and then came back now dan was i got dan involved coming to help me with the radio station because he's superb on computers as you were saying before about yeah. you know it's, it's now on spotify daniel's like this as well so anything that would go wrong with the software he would get in touch with playout one and tell them what was wrong with it and they said to him this is fantastic because anybody else who gets in touch to say there's something wrong just says it's broke and they don't tell us what well, dan has done a feasibility study he's looked <laughs> into what what can be done what can't be done what what's right what's wrong so they offered him a job so wow. he was doing tech support for them for a year now he used to work in curries in entry on the 
you know, the know-how bit, and he was too talented for them, and they didn't appreciate him. No, and honestly, they really did not appreciate it. He wrote so many software programs to make life easier in that shop. It's unbelievable. So anyway, when he came back, they there was because they said to him, when you come back from Ipswich, you can have your job back. But when he came back, they went, oh, well, you know, it's a little bit different. And he was a bit down. And then within a week, Playout One said, look, we want you to come here. It was almost twice the money. He was working from home. And it was just absolutely fantastic. So he's an integral part of that um, mm-hmm. that company now, and uh, they what they want him back. But you know, obviously, he's got sights on British Telecom, so he's down in Ipswich on a post uh, graduate contract for two years. But mm-hmm. then that will turn into a permanent job after two years. Oh, brilliant! How good is that? Yeah, absolutely. Well, your professional journey as well, Mike. My professional journey. Mm, because after Monarch, I'm echoing. Oh, oh, that, oh, right, okay, that, <laughs> oh, that, yeah. Um, well, I, at Monarch, I used to run the union, and um, a lovely lady started the union off in Monarch, and, and, and I helped her, really, and, and she's fantastic, and she's actually, um, she worked for Key 103 on the reception for a while, oh, uh, Lou Finley, Louis, Lou Ferno, and she's mm-hmm. lovely, and I'm, I've, I've been to see her, over the last couple of years, a few times, she's just lovely, and um, and Lou Lou had problems with her back, and she said to me, Mike, I've got to go off for about six months. Will you just take over the union for me for six months? So I said, oh, all right. She never came back, and oh. um, yeah, she's done well. She just didn't want to come back flying. So I I sort of uh, was involved in the union, and then for sort of the last seven years of Monic, I was the, like the the chair of the union. So I was the main person there. So I took Monarch through the restructure, which was horrendous, but we managed to keep the going, the the company going for another three years. Um, And then when the company ceased trading, um, I I went to work in Curry's because Daniel was there. So I went went there for the Christmas period. They offered me a job there, but I, I had my sights back in the sky. So I actually got a job with British Airways in Heathrow and in Gatwick. And I also got a job with Thomas Cook, but I just, I just could not get my head round the drive down to Heathrow all the time. You know, when you've done long haul, and you've done what we used to call a bullet Orlando with Monarch, where you would um, fly out of here on a on say a Tuesday morning, and you take off about seven o'clock in the morning and fly your nine and a half hours to Orlando and you get there and it's two o'clock in the afternoon. So you're five hours behind. So then you do your stuff. You, you do a bit of shop and you go and eat. Hang and on a minute. Be- Hang on, mate. That's go on. Not true. You'd get off the plane on a bullet, have a room party. I was trying to be politically correct. Was unbelievable. <laughs> Drunk, get a cab to Walmart or Target, or TJ Maxx, as it is over Spend your allowances. Buy a load of nonsense. Go back, (laughs) collapse. Get up in the morning and be like, oh, my God. It was like something off absolutely fabulous like that with your lipstick. And get on the plane home. We used to do longer trips. We used to do, like, six-day, seven-day, eight-day trips. But the bullets, you'd just be like, you wouldn't know what day it was, would you? Oh, no. (laughs) No, because... Because the next day, when you landed at two o'clock in the afternoon on the Tuesday afternoon, you would be flying home at three o'clock on the Wednesday afternoon. The following day, yeah. Yeah. So 
you take you take off at three o'clock, four o'clock in the afternoon, and you're now doing a nine-hour flight right back across the pond. And it comes to that time of the morning. Well, it's a, it's it's about nine o'clock at night in Floridian time, but everyone's been on holiday for two, three weeks, so they're all bright as a button, and you're thinking, Oh my gosh, it's two o'clock in the morning here. I need to go to sleep. And someone's kicking off because someone's reclining the seat in front and you're thinking, I'm yeah. just I'm gonna walk and you just want to smack them. <laughs> and you, you've got to be so professional and think, no, 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 <laughs> you know. But it, it, it I, but to me, it's the drive home after that thing because you get in your car, the quietness, and you drive out that car park and you get on the motorway and then your head starts to do that. So a couple of times I've had to pull over scary, and, yeah. and just, you know, have a walk around. And I remember one time driving back from Luton when it was based in Luton. And I pulled in a Corley services because I come in from Orlando and I thought, I feel bright as a button. And I drove from Luton almost to Corley services and I started falling asleep. And I remember I was between two trucks and I must have <gasps> just dropped off and it frightened me. So I thought, right, that's it. I've got to pull into Corley. Now I'd phoned my mum before I went, went uh, on this journey and said, look, I'm just leaving now. I should be home about two o'clock. So, so we landed about seven in the morning, phoned her about eight. So I should be home about two, you know, taking it easy. I pulled into Corley about 10 o'clock in the morning and I woke up and it was dark. I'd slept the whole, I reclined the seat back and just slept there the whole day. My mum was beside herself because yeah. we didn't have mobile phones then. In the yeah. 90s, there was no mobile phones. So I, I obviously woke up and legged it into the... Uh, service station and phoned home and said look I'm all right I just fell asleep in the car but that's that's the way it gets you and I've got friends who work for BA and for Virgin and I, I asked them about this and I said what do you do because you know I was Liverpool yeah but I, I think things have gone a bit more expensive now Sandra and yeah. um and they were saying they drive, drove, but they would try and get to the last um, service station before the M42. I think it's Warwick on the M40 and have a sleep in there. My wife said to me, there's absolutely no way at the age of 57, I was at the time, that you are going to be sleeping in a sleeping bag in a car park. No. Yeah. So she put her foot down and I, I agreed. Yeah. So I decided to go to Thomas Cook, but I didn't go because a long winded way around of telling you, um, I got offered this contract with Unite to go and uh, recruit people for a certain low cost airline. And um, I've been doing that ever since it was an eight week contract and mm -hmm. the contract is up at the end of this month. So fingers crossed it gets it extended a bit. Fingers more. round, fingers round. All fingers round, time. round, okay. Fingers round all time. So you've, mm -hmm. from your travel um, background and all that stuff, you, you've started um, a radio station or podcast haven't you um your travel radio um oh yeah well that's not me that's actually a couple of people from british airways started okay. that uh del wilden and uh beth um deb henley and um they've started travel dot radio i think it was called cabin crew radio when it first started but it's changed yeah. the name to travel dot radio and it's a global success i mean it's just grown we've, we've, we've got um Moa presenter in Bahrain, to say it right. We've got uh, Natasha who broadcasts from Valletta in Malta. We've got Joe Malerba who is a big name in New York. He, he works on television and he's got a show. We have got the lovely, I don't know if you know the name, Sam Kane. You heard of him? He was in Brookside. He's, he's one of our presenters. He's married to Linda Lusardi. 
Um, so I was chatting to them today, this afternoon on the phone. Um, they they have, a, well, he has a show there. And there's just, well, Simon Calder used to be on, on the station as well. Um, and it's all about travel. And I try not to get bogged down too much with travel because everybody talks about travel. And my wife says, well, I'll say to my wife, did you listen to the show today? And she'll say, why would I listen to you for 27 years? Why would I, when I've got a chance to get away from you, why would I turn the radio on to listen to you? <laughs> she loves me really, but that's what she says. And um, that's so it is a really, really good radio station. The music is fantastic. It's got to be the best music mix around right from the 70s up till now. And I'm on there on a Friday afternoon from 1 till 4, and then on a Saturday afternoon from uh, 2 till 6. And it's also from 6 till 10 is targeted at the LGBTQ plus uh, community where they have a show from 6 o'clock till 8 called Wish You Were Queer, and then one from 8 till 10 called Here She Is. So Wish You Were Queer is done by the lovely Jamie Greaves in association with, in association with the business creative down in Brighton. And then um, Here She Is with Timmy Alexis Carrington Ward. And, yes. and he has some some stars on there because he's, he's, I'd, I'd like to have his mobile phone because some of the stars he has on that he interviews. And Sam Kane being in, you know, in the industry he he interviews so many celebrities on that. It, it's just a great music fix and, and what, really interesting. What's your, your Saturday, Saturday one? Sorry. Two till two till six on a Saturday afternoon takeoff. And that is all you have to do really is just type in your search bar travel dot radio full stop. You know, the travel full stop radio and it just comes up. So is it www dot? Yeah, you can put that in, yeah. And they've got the app as well for that. So you can download the app free from the app store. And you've got uh, travel.radio in your pocket wherever you go. It really is. It really is a, a good radio station. My wife says the music on here is brilliant. Brilliant. Is it .com or .co.uk? Sorry. Just travel.radio. Oh, radio. That, that's all, that, honestly, that's all you have to type in your search bar. Travel, full stop, radio all one. Okay, I'm just putting that into the comments so if people are listening in, they can have a little look at that. Brilliant. Yeah. Okay. And if anyone wants to mention this weekend, all you have to do is email presenters at travel.radio and I'll give them a mention. Lovely, lovely. Yeah. So what sort of things do you talk about? <laughs> well, I, do you know, talk about anything and everything. Um, I was, I was, this we were just, I was discussing the new Apple Watch this week. I don't know if you've seen it where it's got SOS calling on and there was an article that I found and it was saying that people's lives had been saved. So a yeah. person came off the road and drove the car into a canal and a car yeah. filled up with water and they phoned up on their Apple watch because they were, they didn't even have a signal where they were, but because it's got SOS calling, someone was on a, on a paddle board that got taken out to sea. And again, and um, someone fell off a ladder. Well, apparently it's got a, a, a fall detector on, so it alerted the emergency services. It's unbelievable. So I've been I've been looking at that um, on on the Apple Watch, and and I've seen a few, and they've they've actually got a few clips out on um, mm. their advert at the moment. And there's a guy who falls off his mountain bike in the middle of the um, of the forest, and as he falls, it's got fall detection on it. Yeah. So if wow. you fall in your bash, it rings the automatic services. Yeah. 
it rings yeah. the emergency services and then they ring you back and if you say oh yeah it's me you know i've fallen in they yeah. say okay but if you if they if you don't reply then they keep on contacting and there was a girl who i, I don't know that she went off a off a cliff or, or something in, in yeah. a car um and yeah i just think it's an it's an amazing piece of tech um and also on it the is. new apple watch you've got um your blood oxygen levels and yes. it's an ecg and i know that one of the lads um went into hospital with he, he was having heart palpitations and the doctor actually read his watch before they put him on an ecg machine it's unbelievable it's isn't it it really is unbelievable you know how clever is that isn't it you know yeah. so we talk about anything and everything really oh cool brilliant and what sort of music well it it's just really upbeat i I love disco music from the eighties. I just, I just love it. I mean, I don't know whether you would class it as being camp music or whatever. I don't class it. I, I just class it as the time I was DJing in clubs and everyone was there and just having an absolutely amazing time, just dancing away in the eighties. It's just unbelievable. So Sandra and I share an office. Um, and, and we have vinyl only in our office, don't we? We, we brought in yeah, vinyl. Really. Only. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, radio is fantastic just to have on in the background, isn't it? You know, because mm -hmm. um, you, 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 a record will come on and just go and turn it up, and you'll think, "What did they say then?" But everything, everything on Travel Radio is on demand as well, so you can go back and listen to it again, which is great as well. Brilliant. And I spoke about life after cabin crew, didn't I? Well, last yeah. Time, I thought it was on, and I said, "Well, you need to come on our show now." Absolutely, yeah. Did you get Did you get a chance to listen to it? No. <laughs> life is busy. Life's busy. <laughs> Sorry, I've been chocked. Absolutely chocked. You need to send us the link, and we can listen in. Because so Sandra was Mike. In, interviewed Sandra on, on, on the travel radio show um, which is how then Mike ended up coming on, on our show wasn't it which is brilliant yeah. well Mike you've been amazing we just need to ask you a few more things so have oh, you gosh. got a red face moment something that people can laugh along with not at you oh. so maybe slightly embarrassing that happens or Sandra can go first if she's got one no again I, well I have but I, yet again I can't share it mm -hmm. well <laughs> This is, is a bit rude. I, I don't think it's too rude. It's about toilets, really. All um, right. So I was on holiday with my mate in, in Tenerife, and um, I think the bar was called Banana Bar or something. It was in the Veronica's Centre. We're having a few drinks, and all of a sudden I got pains in my stomach, and I thought, I must have food poisoning. I need to go to the toilet. So I could see the toilet in front of me, and I just bolted for the toilet, and I shut the door. And I threw my foot against the door like that to keep it shut. And I was like, I was try, trying to get my belt undone, just trying to get my belt undone. And I, I just sat down and done what I had to. My head was in my hands like that. And I thought, oh. And after about two minutes, I managed to lift my head. And I looked up, and all it shut was the frame of the door because the whole door had been kicked out. And it was just the frame of the door so everyone could see me sitting on the toilet. <laughs> now, that is a red face moment. <laughs> that is, that's a classic red face that's a good one <laughs> i'm gonna talk about we went up mulvammer on um, sunday and um we decided to sat nav it didn't we oh that was terrible 
Um, and, and so there's yeah. the Ruthen Road, or there's, there's you can go through Mould. And Sandra oh. said, oh, we used to go this way. And I was like, all right, okay, cool. So we went through that way. And then she went, yeah, yeah, and you just turn left and you just turn right. And we ended up going through the little village of Kilcane and we were like mm. up little winding roads. And But we got there, didn't we? We had an amazing walk, didn't we? Were we were half an hour late and everyone was waiting for us, Mike. Oh. We had my I lab. love Movama. Love it. Oh, it was beautiful. And the weather was amazing, wasn't it? We had the lovely, lovely wow. trip, didn't we? Um, yeah. yeah um, shout out to the grown-ups. Any grown-ups who've done amazing things. We've only got four minutes left. So shout out to any grown-ups, Sam. Uh, shout out to Danny Clark, as always. And we've been on his finance training today. Um, what a brilliant trainer he is. You know, I hate anything to do with numbers and stuff. And he just makes it amazing, doesn't he? And it just goes click, 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 click. And stuff I knew before, but was a bit cloudy. It's all gone into place and I can see it with clarity now and just all about business and it was just fantastic really and the second part of it and if anyone had told me I'd be really excited about going into mega analysis of profit and loss sheets etc and balance statements I'd have gone don't be ridiculous and I'm really looking forward to it you know so massive shout out how anyone can make that interesting I've no idea he really is a gifted trainer he is a gifted oh, trainer Danny, what about you Mike? Well, do you know what? Today, um, one of our ex-scout leaders, Joe, who's 80, was just 80 uh, a couple of days ago, got in touch and said, I'm going off to Florida on, on Sunday and I've, I've got an email on my phone, which my wife needs, and I don't know how to send it to her. So I shot round to his house and we sat down and I explained it to him and he can now forward an email. So, Joe, well done. Well done, <laughs> yeah. Well done, What about you, Cal? Um, I want to give a shout out to Sophie, um, so to our Sophie and to our Penno for, for, for helping with um, today, and a massive shout out to Dana and Joe. Um, Dana was unbelievable today, um, and yeah, so massive shout out to the Swinnies, who were okay. great today. Um, wow. Positive challenge, uh, Mike. Is there anything that people can go out and about that's a little bit positive this week? Well, I think people, if they haven't had their vaccination, should go out and get vaccinated. Because we're, none of us are safe until we're all safe, are we? And I know some people are, are against it. But, you know, at the end of the day, a, a friend of mine said he doesn't want any, any vaccination because he's scared of the chemicals going in his body. And he smokes 20 cigarettes a day. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> so I don't see the logic. Yeah. So if you can, you, you can. Please have a think about getting that vaccine and help to save everyone. Because we're not, all, we're not safe till everyone's safe. No, no, that's a good show. Yes, that's a good show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Looking after everybody else, isn't it? And mm -hmm. making sure that we're all doing the right thing for everybody else. Well, I always try to look after the underdog. Yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. Um so we have a closing quote. So we have um a little bit of positivity that we can leave people with. Um and I know you've just sort of spoke about the underdog. Um, but I want you to just quickly tell us what you what you told us before about um when you got the job on um was it the airlines you got the job on and you wouldn't have got it on oh, paper? Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that, that that's why I sort of did try and do this in my life. Um I went for an interview for an airline and I only got in touch with the lady who interviewed me 32 years ago uh, last week, and uh, she said on paper I was just not suitable for the job. Totally not suitable but she had a feeling about me and you know i just excelled in this job they gave me the job they gave me the chance and within within six months i was the cabin manager on board the plane 
yeah. people that had, had passed passed the interview, got the job on merit, were still classed down as juniors. But I just yeah. excelled. And sometimes it's not always passing the interview because if you pass an interview, doesn't mean you can do that job. Absolutely. Brilliant. So on that note, it's not about the piece of paper, it's about the person behind the piece of paper. And Absolutely. sometimes give that person that chance, you know, um, and, and they will share like the Helen. right support. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can have that one, you can have that for free. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so we're going to say a massive, massive thank you to Mike for joining us tonight, and a massive thank you to Sandra as always. Thank and you, good Sam. luck tomorrow night, San, on your battle of drumming. Um, drumming. I'll tell you all about it next week. I might so be super excited. We'll have a little demo uh, next week on the biscuit tin and uh, chopsticks. Um, so thank you, everybody, and we will see you all next week. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Bye. Thank you, Helen.